0: Production support comes from Closets 2, providing organized and expanded closet and storage space for home, office, and garage using a variety of systems with no major renovations. Closets 2, owned and operated in Bloomington, 332-2233.
1: Welcome to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Zaltzberg, editor of The Herald Times, along with co-host Mary Catherine Carmichael. And today, on our Earth Day-themed show, we're going to talk about sustainability on campus. We have two guests with us today. DePaul University Associate Dean of Academic Affairs and Sustainability Coordinator Carol Steele is here. And the Indiana University Director of Sustainability, Bill Brown, is also with us. Bill is an architect who does green building and he's also lead accredited professional director and he's, uh, as I said, Director of Sustainability here at IU.
0: We have really a third guest. We have the computer now that we sitting between us. We've never had this before. And um, we're going to try to – if somebody twitters us, we're going to try to respond. So I don't know. We're kind of old, but we're going to give it a try. We are
1: old, but we're, we're eager. <laughs> we're we're feeling, ready to go.
0: Yeah, we're feeling very groovy right now.
1: If you'd like to join us on the program, you can do so. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Noon Edition, but more, the more conventional styles, please phone us at 855-0811 or 877-285-9348, or you can uh, join us on the website, wfiu.org slash Noon Edition. Well... Bill, thanks for being here with us today. And uh, Carol, thanks for jo- driving over from Greencastle. But Thank it was you. a
0: beautiful drive today. It was.
1: Yeah. So let's talk about um, – You know, we've, we can talk – I'm sure we're going to be able to talk for way more than an hour on this, but we only have an hour to talk about – Um, all the issues of sustainability that are facing uh, not just people on campus but everywhere. And, Bill, you were saying before the program you just started your job here at IU six weeks ago. So Mm -hmm. can you sort of give us a sense of of, uh, your goals as you come into this job and why you wanted the job? Well, happy Earth Day. It seems like a fitting uh,
2: program to be on today, uh, this week, Earth Week. And uh, this is my dream job and uh, I've been working here for six weeks and I like to describe it as uh, like drinking from a fire hose Mm -hmm. Uh, lots of information I've been trying to listen and learn and I've been learning a lot from our students so it's uh, really been a joy especially Mm -hmm. this past week uh, the students have had 10 days of Sustain IU with Mm -hmm. uh, programs and guest speakers and movies and uh, events like uh, Green Day and uh, we've just finished up the Energy Challenge so it's been a very exciting time to be here
0: is this, was this a newly created position for you?
2: Yes. Um, this position was created as the result of a campus sustainability task force that worked for about 18 months and involved over 100 people. And they developed a roadmap for sustainability at IU. And that's my roadmap that I'm following and um, hopefully uh, building on those strong shoulders and, and going forward
1: from there with an even broader effort with even more people involved. Now, Carol, you are the uh, Associate Dean of Academic Affairs as well as the Sustainability Coordinator. When did you get that part of your title?
3: Uh, I was named the university's Administrative Sustainability Coordinator on September 15th last year, and that was the date that uh, President Casey of DePaul University signed the American Colleges and Universities President's Climate Commitment. Mm -hmm. At that point, we joined about 600 colleges and universities around the United States, um, in our commitment to uh, eventually becoming carbon neutral. And the program has certainly been around DEPAW for a number of years. And uh, much like what Bill was saying, this is a very student-supported, driven program, and uh, as well as uh, certainly there are faculty and uh, staff who are uh, intimately involved also. But... um, We um, had made that commitment to the PCC and uh, we clearly needed somebody to um, uh, drive the program and Mm -hmm. so I was asked to do that.
1: I want to take a look at at the real macro level and have both of you uh, define sustainability as you think it pertains to Indiana University and to DePaul University. Bill? Well, I
2: think the word sustainability um, has its own issues. Uh, One of my friends said that uh, he wouldn't want to describe his marriage as being sustainable. (laughs) So uh, I'm looking for something more like thriving. So I define sustainability as thriving within our means and our means are ultimately defined by this planet and by the carrying capacity of the planet. So um, I think that – there are a lot of things that we can do within those limits to have a really high quality of life and learn to do things a little bit differently where we eliminate the concept of waste and we utilize the uh, natural energy flows and um, live off of the current solar income instead of the uh, the principle.
1: Mm-hmm. Carol?
3: What a wonderful way of talking about sustainability. I... Um, Uh, would only add to that by saying that I think our long-term goal is to become a living laboratory, if you will, and uh, model for the kinds of things that Bill is talking about. And I would only say that uh, we are focused on, yes, not only being good stewards of the physical environment, but uh, we're interested in uh, talking about um, economic well-being for everyone as well as social justice for everyone.
0: Yeah, they're also interrelated, aren't they? They really are. So let's talk about how this is manifesting itself, and how ideally, maybe down the line, you'd like to see it manifest itself. I, for some reason, when I think of sustainability, food always comes into my mind almost immediately. Uh, energy, too, of course, but but food is certainly human energy. Um, what kind of um, changes do you foresee, or have you already undertaken regarding uh, the food that is made available on campus? I'm thinking in terms of buying locally. Are, are is Is there any kind of plan to grow food um, that stays in the community and and is, is, you know, grown by college students? Or go ahead, take take it off from there. I'd like to hear what you have to say about it.
3: Well, I think that uh, you're absolutely correct. I think that's one of the first ways that um, uh, the sustainability movement manifested itself on the DePauw campus with students being um, interested in and concerned about the kinds of food that was available to them in the dining hall on campus. And uh, so a number of students came forth and um, took it upon themselves to be able to find uh, suppliers within the area to uh, bring food uh, to the university campus. We have now and have had for a while a dining services oversight committee. And um, amongst the things that uh, we've brought to campus are um, uh, cage-free uh, eggs And um, we now have a a system in place, a a three-tiered system, where we're looking for uh, food that's grown locally within 50 miles to bring to campus within 100 miles and within 200 miles. And uh, with whatever meat we are serving, uh, we're looking for, like, um, grain-fed beef and um, um, animals that, um, you know, have not been... um, uh, Uh, containing a a wide variety of antibiotics and that sort of thing. Interesting.
0: Do you want to comment on that, Bill?
2: Yes. uh, This is one of those things that I'm learning about in my first six weeks here, and this is certainly an area of interest of mine and an area of interest in the city of Bloomington as well. And uh, there are a number of uh, student research projects looking at sustainable food issues. It is one of those issues that cuts across the economy and environment and uh, social justice and um, there is a movement afoot to get more local food into food service here and into the uh, IMU food service as well. And um, we have an intern that will be studying that this summer. And uh, it's it's something that is somewhat limited by the capacity of the local uh, farmers to provide that food in a way that is um, convenient and fast and. Uh, that works with the capacity that's needed. So we're going to be building capacity in the local growers as well as capacity in the food service to match that.
0: Mm-hmm. And I would think there would probably need to be some infrastructure along those lines, as far as you know. When I know as a farmers' farmers' market attendee, when it rains, it pours. Uh, you know, in, in the vegetable world, and so um, I imagine more uh, capacity for freezing and and even you know other ways of preserving food is probably something that you're going to have to look at. Mm
2: -hmm. And I would agree with something Carol said, that this is uh, an excellent way to use the campus as a lab, and there have been some student groups who have started gardening on campus, and we hope to extend that. Uh, Go go ahead, Carol.
3: One of the things that pleases me very much is how our sustainability program um, has become a way in which we can really um, communicate better uh, with the community surrounding us, the Greencastle community. Um, I don't know if you all know that um, uh, both Greencastle and Bloomington were named the only two Indiana Green Cities of the Year this last year. And um, so we're very excited about that and want to be building about that. Um, Within the city of Greencastle, there's been a a group that's gotten together. It's a sustainability group since about January, and many people, students, uh, faculty, and staff from the DePauw campus, Um, who, of course, many of whom live in the community, Mm -hmm. have been working together with others um, in the uh, surrounding area to um, enhance our sustainability program. And one of the things that has got a lot of traction is creating a community garden. Mm
1: All right. We're talking about sustainability today. It's an Earth Day-themed program. Our two guests are uh, Carol Steele, who's the DePaul University Associate Dean of Academic Affairs and Sustainability Coordinator, and Bill Brown, who's the IU Director of Sustainability. If you want to join us on the program, <laughs> 855-0811, 877-285-9348. slash Noon Edition is how you can find us on the web, and you can also find us on Twitter at Noon Edition. Um, I wanted to ask about where you feel uh, these two universities are in terms of sustainability uh, right now in comparison. you know We don't do this in a vacuum like everybody is talking about it. Um, with IU, and I, and I can't make the citation, Bill, but I know that, that not too long ago, IU was ranked pretty low in the Big Ten in terms of sustainability programs. So you know, how, how are we faring at this point? Well, there hasn't
2: been another evaluation since that point, so we hope the uh, next time that rolls around that we'll have a lot of evidence to show that IU is moving forward and the ultimate goal is is to be among the leaders in campus sustainability and and really help pull the state up as well and, and help outreach to the, to the city of Bloomington and to the rest of the state mm-hmm. to uh,
1: be a resource. Mm-hmm. And how about DePaul?
3: I don't know that we've been ranked in any way, um, but... Uh, Since I've been in this position, rather like Bill, it's been a fire hose of a variety of types of information. And so one of the things that I've been trying to do is to familiarize myself with the schools that are generally thought of as having the uh, top programs. And, um, you know, we would certainly like to aspire to be within that realm at some point. Um, I think we're doing quite well. I think that uh, given um, how long our program has been around officially, I think we look like a much more mature program by comparison to these other schools. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, it's such a a broad topic as both of you have talked about. I mean, how do you... How do you set your priorities in terms of what you're going to focus on? It seems like you have to have some sort of focus. So so Bill, I know in your six weeks you've been listening and hearing and learning a great deal, but are there one or two places where you think that that IU should be focused at this point or is it just a smorgasbord of things that you want to be doing? It's a smorgasbord and I I think um, part of this
2: job is taking that smorgasbord and connecting the dots. And um, so if, if somebody's working on something on one side of campus in the academic side, for example, uh, there may be somebody else in the operations side that can work with them that they need that knowledge and they can provide some expertise as well. So it all centers around the students. But we look at things like uh, transportation, energy, green buildings. There are 10 uh, lead buildings in progress on campus now. Uh, food issues, water, uh, waste issues, recycling, recycling. Um, All those are things that uh, we try to touch on every day, and the army that we use is an army of uh, undergrads and graduate students that are uh, doing internships and doing research and actually doing real projects on campus that uh, make a difference. Give us an example
1: of a project.
2: Well, one of the projects that just ended was the Energy Challenge, which uh, this is the second year this was done. Uh, It was uh, an idea that arose from a student uh, sustainability research project, and um, This year, uh, there were 10 residence halls participating and 18 Greek houses for the first time. There's a Greeks Go Green group. Uh, Greeks Go Green is uh, led by Lucy Wicking and um, and Mackenzie Beverage is the sustainability intern who um, led the effort this year. That four-week effort saved uh, 700,000 kilowatt hours of electricity, 1.5 million gallons of water and about $48,000 in energy savings and water savings in four weeks. So, you know, that's the kind of learning experience that we're looking for. It's very powerful. They're uh, peer-to-peer teaching and learning, and it's a lesson they probably will never forget.
0: You know, it sounds to me like you've got a huge public relations effort on your hands. Has that been your experience as as you've taken this on at DePaul, Carol?
3: I think so. Um, I think that uh, there's a – broad cadre of people on our campus who know about and who are involved with what we're doing. Um, on the other hand, I think that there are other people who are very much on the periphery, and um, being the eternal optimist that I am, I think that they would uh, also join us if they knew more about it and had the specific invitation to join us, I think, which we do try to do, but, you know, there's, it, it is a public relations campaign as well as a uh, the doing campaign.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to to talk about um, get back to to something that Bill said about saving all the savings that the dorms and the residence halls had, and I'm sure the same goes mm-hmm. on at DePauw if people know what to do. When you talk about all the water that was saved, and what what are the what are the tips that the leaders, the people, are going in and saying, "Okay, we can save water if you will." Well, there's a number of things that they
2: did, and um, some of the things we probably don't want to know about, Uh, like not showering for a week. But um, things like turning off the water when you're brushing your teeth or um, not shaving in the shower or taking shorter showers, uh, a whole range of things, not washing your car, for example, during that four weeks, but um, really just an awareness of how we waste water and how we waste energy. And, you know, I'm sure people turned out the lights when they left their rooms and, um, after a while, that becomes a habit and it's very hard for you to leave the lights on or it's mm-hmm. very hard for you to leave the water on. So that's the kind of awareness that um, students are really learning from each other and that's the kind of awareness. If that spreads throughout the campus and throughout the community and throughout the state, obviously that can have huge ramifications with virtually no cost.
0: I should have gone to campus and taught them the mom shriek, like, you know, yeah. when you leave the water, ah! Turn that off. That's so effective at my house. Hey, here's a, a Twitter that came in. It says, um, uh, do the guests have an estimate of how much energy is wasted by computers and other equipment being left on overnight? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> a, a
3: gasp. One, one can only guess. Um, uh, you know, we, we certainly ask people to turn off their computers mm-hmm. for a variety of reasons. Uh, we, as a result of uh, signing the president's climate commitment, are in the midst of calculating our carbon footprint mm-hmm. at this point. And uh, we'll probably have a better, more specific answer about those kinds of specific things when we get done with that. And uh, we should be done with it by um, September of this year.
2: It's an interesting question because there's a, uh, actually an effort on campus now to look at software that automatically powers down computers to within 6 percent of being off. Uh, They can still be awakened if people need to dial into their computer after hours. But um, there's an effort to actually do a pilot project in the Department of Education to see how well that works and how much money that actually saves. But the uh, early indications are that the amount of money that could be saved is significant.
0: Wow, interesting! I'm one of those guilty parties, but I'm inspired. See, I've, I really think a lot of this is just awareness. I mean, people—I oh, think people want to do the right thing, but um, you know, we don't always think of it. I mean, the obvious things, of course, turning the lights off when you leave and, and uh, not using more water than you need. But um, you know, just not thinking to turn your computer off.
3: I think we're moving. I would agree with that. And we, I think, are moving to uh, yet another phase of trying to be educational and um, have plans uh, for next year as an example of uh, putting posters in the laundry rooms, showing people just how much detergent, you know, you should be putting in the washing machine when you start it and, you know, what a small, medium or large load might look like. And uh, in very small ways, but in effective ways, as we're all talking about, just trying to raise awareness and educate people. Mm-hmm.
1: All right. Our phone numbers again, 855-0811-877-285-9348. Again, uh, join us on, online, wfiu.org slash Noon Edition. And we're on Twitter. Follow us at Noon Edition. And I know that there are a lot of people in this area that are interested in this topic. And uh, it's a little 500 weekend, but... You know, uh, people a lot of a lot of people who are interested in this aren't going to the Little 500, so I'd like to hear from them. Um, I have a list of a lot of the initial priorities of the IU Sustainability Task Force, and the number one um, bullet point, and I'm not sure that they're in any kind of order, but it involves developing academic opportunities in sustainability, including courses and research. So mm-hmm. I'd like to know what each of the campuses is doing in that regard. Carol?
3: We are... Um again because of the president's climate commitment, um, looking um, uh, deeply at all the courses on campus to see what, if any, kind of connection they have um, to uh, sustainability. Uh, the two courses that come to mind that are frequently noted as um, having been uh, the stimulus for what we're doing um, uh, course-wise on campus, is Professor Jen Everett's um, uh, environmental ethics class, mm-hmm. and uh, that's been going on, oh, I'd say three or four years, and many of the uh, programs that students have started um, campus-wide have uh, germinated in that particular class as a uh, part of a, a classroom assignment, and um, Probably the other one that I can think of is Professor John Carraher, who is a physics professor who often does a class that's uh, colloquially known as Physics for Poets, uh, has Mm -hmm. also similar uh, uh, projects. And his projects tend to be more like, um, uh, let's look at transportation. Let's look to see what uh, people are doing in terms of driving around and what that really means in terms of energy usage. Uh, Jen Everett's classes tend to be more things like um, um, one student group as an example last year was looking at um, uh, the delivery of of classes, so to speak, and uh, rating classes in terms of their greenness. Hmm. Now that meant, you know, um, how much are we doing electronically versus, um, you know, how many pieces of paper are we uh, uh, Xeroxing in a given semester? And, uh, you know, looking at just ways in which we can save the environment by how it is that we're delivering education. Mm-hmm.
1: All right. How about on the IU campus?
2: There's a couple of things that are very interesting that have happened here recently. Uh, there's a, there will be a semester in 2010, fall of 2010. It's called a Themester, and the theme will be sustainability. And that started out as a College of Arts and Sciences Uh, Proposal, but then it started gathering energy like a snowball rolling downhill and lots of other uh, units have uh, added their courses to that and there will be uh, new courses, there will be speakers coming in, there will be all sorts of events surrounding that semester in uh, fall of 2010 and then there will be some uh, preparation activities in the semester before that, sort of a, a teacher institute where people can learn how to incorporate sustainability into their coursework. The other thing that uh, we've done recently is one of the student interns researched uh, sustainability-related courses that are being offered, and it's a really long list. It's a quite interesting list. But uh, what we still have to work on are majors in sustainability, and Mm -hmm. um, there is a concentration in sustainable development in the School of Public and Environmental Affairs, master's in public administration degree program, and and I will be able to teach uh, a class in the fall on sustainability leadership, which I'm very excited about. Mm-hmm.
0: Very so, cool. Yeah, I'd like to hear more about Yeah, that. I would like to hear more. That? Tell <laughs> us about sustainability leadership.
2: Well, this is uh, – Carol and I are in a fast-growing profession where there are a lot of sustainability leaders in uh, corporations, in university settings, in nonprofit settings. So uh, sustainability leadership has to do with um, organizational change leadership. How do you uh, turn the ship? How do you make the, uh, the rudder turn to uh, – make people look at things a little differently and the uh, the quote I like to use is uh, by Eric Hoffer where he said that in times of drastic change, the learners will inherit the future while the knowers will find themselves beautifully equipped for a world that no longer exists. <laughs> so uh, we are in a learning environment and this is, this is a, a ship that can turn very quickly because of that, especially with the energy that the students – inject into the mm-hmm. system. Mm-hmm.
1: All right. We've hit uh, time for a break now, but I want to uh, invite our listeners again to phone us at 855-0811 or 877-285-9348. That's for the listeners outside of Bloomington. So all these Greencastle people can call us on that number.
0: Or they and, can Twitter. Or
1: they can Twitter. They can, they can tweet us at, tweet, yeah. uh, at Noon Edition or you can go to the website wfiu.org slash Noon We'll be right back.
4: You're listening to Noon Edition on member supported WFIU. You can take WFIU programs with you by downloading our podcasts. Podcasting is a convenient and easy way to download audio files directly to your computer, iPod, or portable player. You can download podcasts of full length programs like Noon Edition, Ask the Mayor, and Harmonia, or short features like Kinsey Confidential, the Ether Game Musical Mini Quiz, as well as movie, play, and opera reviews. Find out more by going to our website, WFIU.org. On Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, the WFIU News Team brings you expanded and in-depth reports on topics affecting South Central Indiana. Listen at 8.33 a.m. and 5.45 p.m. every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to catch that day's feature. If you miss one, that's okay. They're archived on our website, WFIU.org, and the best features from each week can be heard Saturday mornings at 7.45.
1: Welcome back to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Zaltzberg from The Herald Times along with Mary Catherine Carmichael. And we have two guests today, the DePaul University Associate Dean of Academic Affairs and Sustainability Coordinator, Carol Steele, and the Indiana University Director of Sustainability, Bill Brown. If you'd like to join us, phone us at 855-0811 in Bloomington, in uh, Greencastle or Kokomo, Terre Haute, anyplace else. Use 877-285-9348. And you can join us online, org slash Noon Edition. You can email questions there. And you can also follow us on Twitter at Noon Edition.
0: I'm kind of interested in how campus efforts often branch out into the broader community, especially if it's a good idea. Um, And I'm wondering, I know that here in Bloomington, we've had issues with um, apartment complexes not being able to recycle, and many of those apartment complexes, you know, house students. And I'm wondering if that's going to be part of of what you look at, Bill, as you um, spend your time at IU. And then, Carol, if you'd follow up, and I'd like to know how perhaps that's already manifested itself in your community.
2: Well, that's a, a great question, uh, Mayor Catherine. It's it's also very complex, and obviously issues like waste uh, spill out into the community, into the city, and into the county. So I've met with uh, Larry Barker at the county solid waste district and uh, mayor staff, and um, tried to find out what's going on. There are actually uh, three different contracts. The county has its own setup. The city has its own setup. The university has its own setup. And then when you get inside the university, we have um, different um, ways of recycling uh, almost at the building level. So it is a a very confusing, uh, complex issue, but um, I think there's an opportunity to streamline that, working together with, with all three of these entities and working with the waste haulers and trying to increase the number of options that recyclers have, and then also to educate people about Options to keep it out of the waste stream in the first place, mm-hmm. about not generating waste in the first place, which uh, makes the whole system work better. So
0: you actually do see that as part of your purview. And-
2: yes, my purview goes well beyond the, the borders of campus uh, to the city, the county, and even uh, statewide, looking at statewide issues.
0: And you're locally affiliated with the task force on sustainability, I imagine. Yes,
2: yes. that that was again the uh, group that developed the office of sustainability, and the concept, and did the original study that uh, culminated in the uh, study that guides this office now, but uh, f- is the launching platform for the
1: future.
0: Okay, I kind of it, missed and that connection. Well, that's before. the IU, okay, the IU task force, okay. but there's
1: also the city commission. So you have some interaction. I'm sure one you I have the interaction. Talking about, right? There's the a city. Bloomington Commission on Sustainability.
0: Right. Yes. yes. Okay, all
1: right. And you just interact with them, I assume. Oh, I yeah. volunteer to be a
2: member of that. <laughs> uh, I need to move here first officially, so um, – no, I'm anxious to get involved with that
3: commission right. as well. Okay,
0: okay great. And would, Carol, would you like to talk about the spillover from DePauw into to the community?
3: Well, it's definitely there. I think we have been um, very aware of our uh, place within the community and certainly our effect in the community. Um, like Bill, we've been looking at our waste minimization mm-hmm. on campus for some time. We're doing composting at this point. We're doing e-cycling. Um, we're doing um, a variety of um, uh, uh, waste minimization programs. We're clearly looking at you know how much water and fertilizer we're using mm-hmm. in terms of the buildings and grounds, mm-hmm. um, and um, we indeed are talking with the community at large about um, even potentially um, uh, commingling our waste with that mm-hmm. waste to see whether or not we can. Um, uh, get better prices on uh, dealing with it or coming up with better ideas about um, how to deal with Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I also would like to talk about um, in terms of how it is that we're kind of flowing over into the community in a slightly different way is that uh, we have a unique program uh, at DEPAW which is called the DEPAW Environmental Policy Project. And uh, this includes uh, a number of uh, wonderful students who essentially gave up their summer last summer to study four or five uh, primary issues that are um, truly important uh, to the state of Indiana. And um, so they became essentially experts on these things. And the intention at that time always was that they would be going to the state legislature and talking to the legislators, both as experts, and then uh, lobbying for bills that uh, would improve our um, environmental or sustainability posture within the state of indiana and so um, they 've had that experience now, and um, there have been at least a couple of bills, one having to do with geothermal energy mm-hmm. uh, being used uh, potentially in public places like in uh, the renovation of schools and um, it's um, our our DEP group also won a the Organization of the Year award because of their work uh, from the Who's um, Your Environmental Council.
0: Well, congratulations! Thank you. Yeah. We have,
1: we have two callers and we have email, so people are starting to warm up here. Uh, Stan is first. Stan. Hi. Um, it, it's really encouraging to hear um, all the projects that are that are coming online. Um, I've got a friend who is a custodian at IU, and <laughs> one of his biggest complaints is that the students will pick up a, <clears throat> a newspaper, look at it, and then just drop it. He, he, he finds that there's a tremendous amount of newspapers scattered around, and I wondered whether uh, there could be some, some way of encouraging students, or if not shaming them, uh, giving them <clears throat> drop boxes, uh, to, to allow for that. I, I may have missed part of the early discussion, so this may have already been covered. Thank you. Um, thanks a lot for the call, Stan. And let me say first, I encourage them to read the paper. But then, <laughs> Bill, go ahead. Uh, Stan raises a great issue.
2: And um, you know, I, I don't know we'll ever be able to eliminate 100% of littering. Uh, but I think the more students get involved and there is a huge number of students now that are getting involved with these issues, um, the more peer pressure you have, the less likely you are to drop a, a newspaper on the floor instead of dropping it into the recycle bin. So I, I think that is one of the key things about <coughs> sustainability movements on campuses is that they have so many students involved that the peer pressure is very powerful.
3: I would agree. Mm-hmm. There,
1: there are recycle places to recycle all sorts of materials around campus, yes. I assume. yes.
3: Okay. As do we. I mean, yeah. we have mm-hmm. recycling bins in in the dormitories. We have them in the eating areas. We have them in the um, uh, you know the halls where people are taking classes. So that's just personal <laughs> personal responsibility,
1: mm-hmm. right? Let's go to the second call, and it's Harold. Hi. Hi. Oh,
5: here. Uh, welcome to the new job. Yeah. And I'm wondering if you can work with another comparatively new job holder, Mr. Glass, to see that we have recycling opportunities at the football games and the basketball games and, and the baseball games and all those other things, uh, that's a lot of plastic that gets just thrown in with the trash because there's no recycling uh, bins available at places like that.
0: Yeah, oh, that's a great point. Uh,
2: well, I've had a conversation with the athletic department, and I'm happy to report that uh, Director Glass is uh, a very interested in uh, recycling at athletic events. And um, the IU Athletic Department also is providing the site for uh, e-waste recycling day, which is coming up April 30th and May 1st, which is free recycling of electronic waste. And um, that will happen at uh, the stadium parking lot and also at the state fairgrounds. That is an example of a student idea that became a much bigger idea. That's uh, Kristen Hanks, who was uh, also the student that had the idea about the uh, electronic uh, energy study that's going on now. So that's something that is happening in collaboration with Apple Computers. Um, This is a two-day event where you'll be able to bring just about any kind of electronic device, uh, computers, CRTs, laptops, cell phones, um, just about any kind of electronic device and have it recycled in a way that's responsible that you know it's not being shipped overseas that it's the uh, very important elements in those computers will be reused and made into um, new products
1: that's really huge with the Mm -hmm. certainly with the digital transition coming up and also with just how products in this area change over time Mm -hmm. over a very quick time
0: yeah think Uh, of how many cell phones you've had you know and they haven't even been out that long
1: okay we have another phone call let's go to Dane Dane? Yeah. Hey, go right ahead. Um, I
6: am actually a student right now. I'm a junior at IU. Um, I've just been hearing a lot of these words thrown around, you know, like uh, sustainability and uh, green. And to me, it just seems like stuff I've been told since I was, you know, growing up. Um, When I was four years old, I get tired of them telling me to, you know, throw away or don't litter and, you know, try and recycle. It seems kind of the same story. And now, my question is, what are some things that are more of a an attitude change um, that, like you are, both of your initiatives are going for? I, it seems it seems right now that these are just kind of little things here and there that everyone can do. Well, that's fine and dandy. But what is something on a macro scale that, like we can do, to make things better?
3: I think that uh, one of the things that I've been inspired by is um, uh, we now annually do a Focus the Nation Teach-In in February where it's um, not only all day but all week of uh, bringing in uh, speakers and you know talking about all of these things and just as you're saying, trying to um, understand the nuances of what it is that we're trying to do here. And one of the more remarkable people who we had on campus last February uh, is a guy by the name of Chad Pugrake, who, um who is probably in his early 30s, but uh, late in his teens growing up on the Mississippi River in northern Illinois, saw how dirty the river was and became a one-man force to clean up the river. And uh, he is now nationally known, and he's got um, several barges and uh, a whole cadre of uh, volunteers as well as a few people who work for him. And he has been not only up and down the Mississippi River cleaning it up, uh, but has been on several of the other rivers in the Midwest doing that same sort of thing. I think his story is just remarkable on a number of levels, uh, but uh, certainly... um, uh, a reminder to each one of us that if we're passionate about something, we can find the way to do it.
0: Mm-hmm. I wonder if Dane is talking more about kind of the the depression era um, mentality of my mother, for example, who, you know, you don't throw that piece of string away, you hold on to that piece of string because then you don't have to buy string, which exactly. means somebody doesn't have to make more string. Is that more the kind of thing you're thinking of, Dane?
6: yeah absolutely more like a mindset as yeah. opposed to a as opposed to you know just carrying on as usual but doing a little bit less i'm i'm kind of i want this generation to kind of realize that we need to switch we need to switch a paradigm here it's not it's not a matter of you know recycling your newspaper it's a matter of sharing your newspaper and
0: Right, right, and getting your shoes resold and that sort exactly. of thing. Yeah, exactly. okay, I'm with you. I, I think yeah. that that's a, an old idea whose uh, wisdom is finally coming back around to us.
3: Mm-hmm. I, I would I would certainly agree. And, you know, it's a uh, matter, I think, not only of uh, education uh, overall and, you know, maybe having some of these speakers, like I just noted, you know, come to our campuses. But it really is us talking with each other and, uh you know, pointing out to each other ways that you were just talking about that we can improve. Mm -hmm.
2: uh, To to speak to Dane's concern, that's one of the reasons I stopped the uh, architecture profession and got into this position was I I thought we needed to take bigger steps. But I still applaud any baby step in the right direction. And, uh, you know, we've all got to be moving in, in that direction. But again, I go back to what I said originally is that uh, we need to learn how to use current solar income and we need to eliminate the concept of waste altogether, that uh, energy and, and resource flows should be cyclical and not um, linear.
3: Mm-hmm. So that
2: you know, our current system, we start with resources that are in the ground and they end up in the landfill. Mm-hmm. It should be something that is much more cyclical than that and that's what we all mm-hmm. need to uh, uh, learn how to do.
3: When, uh, if Go I'm ahead, writing, Carol. Uh, sure. One of the things that we've done on our campus now for the last couple of years is – during the orientation of new freshmen, we have um, uh, created and are now and, and are presenting a um, program called Start Green, and uh, they everybody hears at one time about uh, these values and that they are institutional values, and uh, everybody gets a, um, a plastic Nalgene water bottle that they can use as a hint of... Um, you know, using water in that way as opposed to buying water in plastic bottles and or, mm-hmm. or wasting water. And uh, so the, the um, experience is, uh, as I said, uh, a wide variety of um, uh, small educational um, hints about, you know, how you can do your part. And we're now about ready to uh, try to um, add to that by uh, creating a sustainability pledge that people would be encouraged to sign.
1: All right. Dane, thanks a lot for the call. Thank you. Everybody. Thank you, Dane. Yeah. We great really, really great appreciate it. point, Dane. We're going to go back to the phones, and Donnie's next. Donnie? Hello? Hey, Donnie, go ahead.
4: Oh,
6: yeah, okay. Um, the one area of conserving resources where we don't seem to have made much progress is the use of paper, and I wonder what your
1: guests have to say about that, and I'll take my answer off the air. All right. Use of paper.
3: Well, um, we have at DePauve now for... Uh, several years been um, uh, buying recycled paper and uh, which is certainly a help we we think, and um, also recycling paper that we 're actually using you know within the uh, institution itself mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. bill
2: well, there are a lot of things that are uh, in progress now with uh, elimination of paper waste and um, I hate to say this in front of a newspaper editor, but Uh, There are are efforts to, for example, do away with paper phone books and do that online and allow people to uh, check off whether they actually want a paper phone book instead of uh, checking off that they don't want a paper phone book. So uh, little things like that add up on a large campus like this where there are 40,000 users and so um, that's uh, one of many different things that are going on right now with paper elimination and, and paper reduction.
1: Okay.
0: All right. And we here's an email that came in. It said, can the guests elaborate on the connect, connection between sustainability and social justice, which they alluded to at the start of the program? Carol, would you like to start that discussion?
3: Sure. I think that um, within the overall topic of sustainability, which seems to have tentacles in every parts of our lives, mm-hmm. um, we certainly are aware that. If we are not treating each other well as human beings um, and this is you know on a spectrum of you and I treating each other well and and being human toward each other, uh, all toward being aware of where there are holocausts going on in this world and somehow making contributions to stop those kinds of things um, i I think that those are truly an important piece of what we 're looking at in. Um, not only um, maintaining what it is that we have on this earth, and but of course maintaining each other.
0: Mm-hmm. If you use more than your share, how can other people have their share? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: And in the, in the realm of food, also there's the idea that everybody should have a right to healthy, fresh uh, food, and it, it sometimes is more expensive to uh, buy great local food than it is to buy the other alternatives that may be less healthful and less nutritious. But as an architect, um, I've been used to looking at materials and where they come from, how are they extracted, uh, where they shipped around the world, and and how do they influence people at the point of extraction, at Mm -hmm. the point of manufacturing. And um, and the other realm would be pollution. How does pollution affect those communities where uh, the power plants are located or where the manufacturing Mm -hmm. is located and how are the uh, people that work in those manufacturing facilities faring? Uh, those are all social issues, I think,
1: that need to be addressed. Okay. Okay, we have another phone call, another couple of emails. I knew we'd get busy here at the end of the show. We have Katie on the phone. Katie?
0: Hi. Hey,
3: Katie.
5: Uh, welcome to beautiful 80-degree April weather. Right. Hey, um, I wanted to t- tell you that I would love to do solar. It is not cost-effective. When they get it cost-effective for the homeowner, I'll be right on it. Um, the other thing is, um, when I moved down into this area last September, I took my trash and my recycle and dispenser. And uh, one of the trash companies down there doesn't do recycling, and I said, where can I recycle? And I was told that they had been where they take their trash to this big dump. And um, she said they take the recycle down there and dump it, too. And I said, no way. And she said, I have pictures. Now, what's the use of me recycling if they're just going to put it in the, in the pits? You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, that's frustrating. It's,
5: it is f- very frustrating.
1: Yeah, I don't know if we have, you know, what kind of knowledge we have about that. You know, we per- I think we've all heard that those things go on from time to time.
5: Well, I'd sure like for somebody to get yeah. on it. <laughs> so if l- you have a program to send some investigative students out there.
2: Sounds that like a great, great research project. Good idea. Yeah, it yeah. really does. Bill, we'll, go ahead. We'll get right on that, Katie. Uh-huh. Thank um, you. I think that all students should should go to a landfill at some point in their career uh, to smell it and to uh, let all their senses realize what happens to stuff when it goes to the landfill. But on your first question, talking about cost-effective solar, my um, last project as an architect opened this past weekend. It's a library in Christy, Indiana that m- makes as much energy using solar photovoltaics as it uses. So it's a net zero energy public building that was built for the original cost of the project. So it's uh, net zero energy at market cost. And um, so I think we need to rethink um, solar and the way we do our accounting and look at the life cycle cost, not just the initial cost. And I think when you do that, you find that there is a huge payback from a lot of these systems um, over the life and it's probably a better payback than you're getting on your 401k plan. Well, I think
1: that's probably true. <laughs>
0: yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, this is a comment that came in uh, attached to a question uh, earlier from Nadine. It says, um, sustainability is the focus of a free IU summer science camp for Indiana students currently enrolled in grades 5, 6, and 7 from July 12th through 24th. We're currently accepting applications for students due May 18th for teachers, uh, due May 15th. For more information, please call the Office of the Vice President for Diversity, Equity, and Multicultural Affairs at 812 856 5700. I'll give that again 856 5700. Or visit our website um, uh, www.indiana.edu backslash tilde DEMA backslash. So um, that's a neat program that we've got going on. We're going to get them, get them started young. And here's another uh, question that came in. It says, I fail to see the connection uh, – Carol, I guess this is for you. I fail to see the connection you made between cage-free eggs and sustainability. Your comment seems to be similar to some of our legislators trying to attach unrelated projects to a bill before it goes to vote. How do cage-free eggs connect with sustainability? I, I think I'm a little confused. That was not one of the
3: things that we were talking to the legislators about.
0: No, I, don't, I think that okay. – yeah, I think he's just mostly asking about how cage-free eggs affect sustainability. Okay. The other was a little comment.
3: OK. I get, you know, I, um, um, as you may be aware, um, I mean one of the things that we have done as a country is um, – um, um, big big farming in this country is that um, we um, over the years have created a situation where um, animals and in this particular circumstance chickens um, are um, put in a uh, in these hen houses and essentially all they do is sit on their nests all day and lay eggs uh, for the amount of time that they Um, are fertile, to do that sort of thing. And I think it's just generally thought that um, if we are going to be using animals to uh, feed ourselves, that we ought to be treating them in a more humane kind of a way. And uh, that um, has then pushed us in the direction of uh, thinking that the animals should at least be allowed to walk around and um, have something more of a um, qualitative life than having to sit on their nests for however long they sit and then they're supposed to be turned into a chicken in every pot. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, we have a, – a, I think we're out of email, out of phone calls, but I have a whole list of other questions I want to ask. Okay. And the first one has to do with transportation and uh, what each of your uh, campuses are doing to try to uh, reduce the amount of energy used in transportation. Bill? Well, we're in the
2: midst of a campus master plan actually on this campus and on the IUPUI campus uh, looking at some of those issues. And one of the things you can do is uh, something called transportation demand management where you lower the demand for automobile uh, – single-person automobile trips and you increase the likelihood of people using other means like walking or riding their bike or public transportation. So um, that's a very big part of the master plan. It's also been a big part of several of the student – research, uh, internships. So we're looking at how can we make this campus more walkable, more compact? How can we increase uh, mass transit opportunities? And uh, basically, how can we make sure that people are not making trips uh, in their cars uh, when there are other alternatives?
0: Okay. And right along those same lines, this email did come in. It says, is IU looking at undergraduate auto permit allowances as a potential way to limit the growing number of automobiles in and around campus. It used to be that freshmen were not allowed to bring a car, I remember those days, unless they worked off campus and could prove it from a local employer. Is that something that's being considered?
2: I don't know the answer to that question. (laughs) It's uh, not one of the things that I've run across in the first six weeks here. But uh, certainly that would be one of the considerations uh, in a way to increase the likelihood that people get out of their cars is to um, increase the fees for that type of of um, permit, and then allow for incentives for other ways of getting around, like carpooling or our bus or uh, bike or other. Okay. Mm-hmm.
3: You know, our, our situation is different in that it's a um, not a commuter campus. It's much more of a residential campus, and um, one of the ways that we have tried to encourage people to Um, not use their cars as they go from place to place on campus is that um, we have uh, a a bunch of bicycles that um, are owned by and maintained by the university. And, you know, people can pick them up in one place and ride to wherever it is that they're going and leave them and then somebody else uses Mm -hmm.
1: them. All right. Um, In 10 seconds, one thing that each of us can do today (laughs) to help make our community more sustainable. One thing. Get out of your car and walk or ride your bike. Okay.
3: Carol? Turn off your computers. Okay.
0: Uh, Congratulations to my LBMC class that's graduating this year. I asked Bob for that chance to throw that plug in. So congratulations.
1: All right. We are out of time. I wanna, we, have, we could have talked for much more. I'm sure we had a lot of, a lot of issues. But I want to thank our guests today, Carol Steele from DePaul University and Bill Brown from Indiana University. We've been talking about sustainability. For Mary Catherine Carmichael, producer Ariana Prothero and engineer Mike Pashkash, I'm Bob Zaltzberg. Thanks for listening.
4: edition is a production of WFIU and the Herald Times. A podcast of this and other WFIU programs is available at WFIU.org
1: Production support comes from Closets 2 providing organized and expanded closet and storage space for home, office, and garage using a variety of systems with no major renovations. Closets 2 owned and operated in Bloomington 332-2233